Welcome to Inside the Castle, the podcast that goes behind castle doors to have real conversations with real people about solving the nation's toughest challenges. I'm one of your hosts today, Angie Fryermuth. And I'm Kat McCain. Today's guests are Mr. Kelly Miller, the program manager at the Kansas City District, Joe Powell, the chairman of the University Research Institute, and Bob Lattice, the vice president of the J.E. Dunn Construction. Thank you all for joining us today. Thank you. Yeah, uh, we're pleased to be here. Yeah, thank you very much to Sam here. For today's episode, we are learning more about collaborative analytics and how the Corps is using this tool to improve partnerships. But before we get started, we want to know more about our guests. So starting with Kelly, and then we'll go to Joe and then Bob, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you came into working with collaborative analytics. All right, uh, well, I got my uh, bachelor's degree in architecture uh, from Kansas State University back in uh, 1985. Prior to joining federal service, uh, I worked for uh, an architectural firm in Kansas City, Missouri. But for the last 33 years, I've been in federal service, including a short stint, uh, about four years with the U.S. Postal Service. I managed uh, uh, design and construction uh, throughout the states of Missouri, Illinois, and Iowa. In terms of collaborative analytics, as we started to work on our new hospital acquisition, one of the risk factors that we identified very early on was the inability of teams to collaborate, to work uh, effectively together. And this came up a number of times as we were talking with other project teams. And so we knew we needed to do something more than our traditional you know, partnering approach. I wish I could say that we were the ones who discovered collaborative analytics, but that's just not the case. It was actually our customer, Defense Health Agency, and specifically uh, Mr. Nate Price, who is a past Chief of Design, Construction, and Activation. He had been at a conference where Joe had been a presenter, and he was intrigued with what he heard. He knew that we were looking for tools to use on our hospital acquisition, so he reached out to me. Uh, we were interested. He sent the information to us, and the rest is history. How about you, Joe? Uh, let's see. I'm Joe Powell. Uh, this adventure for me started about 15 years ago. I was the executive director of the Rice University Building Institute, which was a pretty cool thing because on our campus, the, our, our, the Building Institute lived about halfway between the School of Architecture the School of Engineering, the School of Construction Science, and the School of Business, because those disciplines need to, need to do a better job of dealing with each other. So one of our best customers for funding research on how you design and build hospitals better and faster and cheaper was the Defense Health Agency. And uh, after four years of, of uh, looking at all the variables we could possibly find, that deal with this issue? Is it, is it what moves the needle? Is it the way we assemble the team? Is it the way we manage the team? Is it the way we remunerate the team? Maybe it's the contracts we sign. What is it that moves the needle on project outcomes? The, the quick answer is, after looking at all this stuff for uh, three to four years, we determined that the greatest single variable was how well the professionals on these multidisciplinary teams, how well they collaborate. 
When they collaborate, they solve problems that the owner never even hears about. They take care of business, they cover each other's backs, and uh, you largely are gonna get the project you had in mind. When they don't collaborate, it's, a, it's typically a mess. So, that being the case, if everybody remembers Management 101, the question is, uh, the, the idea is, if you can't measure something, you can't manage it. So job one became, how do you measure collaboration on these large multidisciplinary project teams? So that's what we set out to figure out how to do. And we've been trying to figure out how to do it for about six years now. We should have it all worked out at some time in the next 30 years. In other words, it's hard to do. It's hard to do. And, and we're, still, we're still trying to figure it out. And we're learning a great deal from the Fort Leonard Wood project. So that's me. Sounds like job security too. How about you, Bob? <laughs> yeah, a little bit about me. So I have been in the construction industry about 37 years. And all of that has been with J.E. Dunn Construction Company. So I started uh, right out of uh, school as a field engineer, worked my way up through the project management ranks uh, on the senior project manager and about 20 years ago became an officer for the for the company. Most of my time has been uh, you know, either in, involved in healthcare and about the last 25 years of that has really been leading healthcare projects and uh, overseeing those. So a lot of great experience in the private industry. And then I had this opportunity to uh, to be part of this Fort Leonard Wood uh, hospital replacement project, which is just a, an awesome project and an opportunity and a great team down here and it was my first opportunity to get uh, introduced to collaborative analytics and so many of the projects that i've done had a real strong collaboration focus but we never had this tool and this tool i'm really excited about it's something that's that's new it's unique and the the data and the information that it gives us in real time is uh <clears throat> something i've not had before so that's why i'm really excited about it Thanks for taking the time to join us today. And as Kat mentioned earlier, we're talking about collaborative analytics today. And so, Joe, if somebody was to uh, kind of talk to you in the elevator, what would be your quick elevator pitch for what the definition of collaborative analytics is? Let's see, my elevator speech needs to happen pretty quickly. So we have to quickly make the point that professional collaboration is a big deal. When we first started talking about professional collaboration, and I would talk to old line project managers that have been designing and building buildings for years, my response I got from them was, well, that, that collaboration stuff you're talking about is cute, but uh, that's not my life. I got two issues, time and money. So uh, they, uh, your, your idea, your thoughts are interesting, but largely irrelevant. Well, finally, after fussing about this now for the last 15 years, people have come to understand that the, one of the greatest impactors of time and money are how well these human beings collaborate. So collaboration, collaboration is a big deal. We use the latest in behavioral science. We have two behavioral scientists that do this. We use the, the latest in behavioral science and data analytics to try to identify attitudinal issues on these large teams that we can read that warn us before the project goes over budget and it warns us before we get behind schedule. Uh, that, that was a long elevator ride, I know. It wasn't that long, it's all good. 
So Bob, so when you're go when you're starting this off with a team, how do you set things up to be successful with this, using this collaborative analytics tool when some people may not be familiar with it? So how do you make sure that you are setting the team up for success? That's a great question. And, uh, you know, this has been a, a learning experience for all of us involved in the project. It's it's really the first time that uh, Kelly and myself and others have, have really used this. So we've had to kind of learn a little bit as we as we go. One of the things is making sure that we're really communicating out to our 138 plus stakeholders about what we're trying to accomplish together here. And then uh, really it's important that we have, you know, good monthly uh, communication and feedback. And and we have uh, tried a few different things along the way, but what, what I think has been the biggest uh, positive for us is, is uh, what we call the castle team. And that's the collaborative uh, analytics subgroup leadership team. And really it's the leadership from the key stakeholders on the project that meet monthly to review the information, come up with action items and countermeasures and so forth that we need to communicate out to the rest of the team. And and to me, that's been the biggest uh, recent change. So Kelly, I think it's safe to say that your project has been one of the, the first projects to use collaborative analytics within the core. And so can you talk a little bit about how you've been using that within the the hospital programs within the core? Sure. As uh, Bob pointed out, when we get the uh, reports from URI, and these are done monthly, the surveys themselves are anonymous. They take roughly 10 minutes to take. That information comes to our collaborative analytics subgroup leadership team. And these are representatives from each of the major subgroups subgroups, organizations within uh, our project team. We go over that data, we analyze it. Our URI participates. Uh, Joe and the behavioral scientists join us, uh, and we talk through what the data is telling us. Uh, now, we've been doing this uh, for about 20 months, and so we've got some data. Uh, and we're beginning to see trends develop. That combined with the comments that we receive, you know, tell us quite a bit about how our project development team is feeling about the partnership. We get a lot of different uh, areas that we focus on. The eight specific areas or partnering areas that we uh, look at are communication, engagement, quality of work, innovation, organization, accountability, level of effort, and team environment. So um, we take a look at the uh, comments, the data that's coming back to us, and we use that to help us to understand whether or not there are problems that are developing. I can tell you we did have an instance where uh, it was clear to us in looking at our designer of record and the responses that we were receiving that there was concern growing as we approached a major milestone for our project, specifically, in this case, it was our final design. Both our designer of record representative and uh, J.E. Dunn, Bob Lattice, met and discussed what the information was telling us. And I think they came to the conclusion that the, the, the stress that was growing was uh, a concern about 
whether or not they were going to be able to meet that milestone with quality. And so they looked at the schedule and determined that we could provide additional time, in this case, uh, an additional 60 calendar days, without any real impact to our critical path. Now, there was an agreement to pull precast out of our contract and handle that as a separate uh, submittal, uh, but that was minor. So we agreed to make the change, and the feedback that we got from the team was immediate and positive. Uh, that made a big difference. I think we may have dodged a bullet with that one. So, Kelly, with that, so the program you're talking about is very large, right? It's like 100 partners or over 100 partners, you were saying? Very so large you, team. Yeah, so very large. So, obviously, the core, we have projects and programs of all sizes, small to extra large, let's say. So, how do you think this tool, like, I think we should be using it, but how do you think the core, how, how should we go about applying this to all the programs and projects or do, of the core, or do you think we're ready for it, or what do we need to do to make it become more common, common a common tool for us to be using on our studies? Well, I don't know that uh, the tool is going to be applicable for for every project. You know, the juice has to be worth the squeeze. <laughs> Uh, this is not inexpensive, and it takes time to do it right. Uh, a smaller project, and when I say a smaller project, I say, you know, 50 million or less may not warrant uh, the amount of expense and time that this takes. Now, I don't know that that's, you know, any kind of an absolute. Certainly our uh, mega projects, those that are over 100 million, would benefit, I believe, from this kind of tool. And Joe, you can probably speak better to this than I can. I think that there is, that, that you are looking at the possibility of using this tool for portfolios of work versus individual projects. But uh, right now, you know, I see this really being very attractive and beneficial to, to very large project uh, teams. Uh, Joe, do you have any? Oh, go ahead. <laughs> this is Joe Powell. The, the, uh, we think about this a lot. This, the, the way we currently do it, the way we currently do collaborative analytics requires uh, real life behavioral scientists who, and I suggest that you don't spend much time talking to them because they learn things about us very quickly. And I can't always tell that they're evaluating me, but they, I, I, I suspect they're always evaluating me and finding me a less than acceptable human. At any rate, you didn't ask for that. That was just a side comment. Let's see. Collaborative analytics costs about the same as adding one full-time person to your team. So if you have a mega project, adding one full-time person to your team is perfectly doable. If, if it's a small, headed toward the maintenance kinds of things, uh, that's probably more money than, than you want to pay. We're currently, we, we would like to figure out how to do it better, faster, and cheaper, and, we, and we're currently trying to do that. But at this point in time, it's easily applicable to the larger project. So, Joe, what are the benefits of using collaborative analytics? I know when we were talking your elevator speech, you really have to get through to the project managers that this is worth it um, and it's more than just something cute to do. So what are the benefits that can come from doing collaborative analytics? The quick answer to that, Angela, is that one of the things we know is that before any project involving human beings, before any project gets behind schedule, 
before any project gets over budget, there are attitudinal indicators on that team that we have learned to read. I, I already have uh, historic uh, project metrics, right? I don't want a report that tells me my project's already behind schedule when it's already behind schedule. I don't need another report that tells me I'm over budget when I'm already over budget. I want to know beforehand to give me time to react and to adjust. And that's what uh, Kelly and Bob have done so well. They are really, really good at taking this information, paying attention to it, understanding it, and acting on it. So they fix all sorts of team collaboration problems before they hit your budget, before they hit your schedule. I love hearing the benefits of it, but obviously on the other side of the coin is challenges. So Bob, um, from your experience, what are some of the challenges of using collaborative analytics? Sure, well, to me, one of the big things that we learned early on was, you know, kind of the, the extended team wondering what we were doing with the information. And what, what that told us was through a survey that we did that we probably need to kind of work on how we communicate out the information and what we're doing with it. So at our last partnering session, we, we had a really good discussion about that. And, and I think, you know, Kelly has made some, some tweaks here with the, with the support of the castle team on summarizing the information, reporting it out to the, to the, to the masses so that we can all, you know, show uh, the positive and the negative things that we're we're dealing with so one of the challenges that, that i have is the is the contractor is is uh, making sure that we're doing a great job with our trade partners and so on any given project you know the trade partners put about 80 percent of the work in place underneath our contract so that's a huge huge group and we had uh, trade partners that had participated in the survey but we didn't have them on the castle leadership team and so so the team did a great job saying, hey, we're missing a big piece of what we're doing here. And about uh, a month and a half ago, now that we're just fully into construction, we added a couple of key trades. And I think that's gonna pay dividends because a lot of the, a lot of the stresses and the strains flow down through that group, if you will. Working with our trades weekly, monthly, you know, for instance, last uh, Friday, and, and I guess I'll say before this, before I get into that, Jay Dunn has a, internal Fort Leonard Wood leadership team that's on this. And so we meet once a month, we review the information that comes out in our team, and then we try to do positive things with it. Last Friday in that meeting, we had a focus on our trade partners. We invited our trade partners to come into that meeting and we spent a lot of good time going through the survey results, getting their input on, input on a few things. And through that open dialogue, um, we were able to really talk about some tough things and what we're going to do with it. So to me, it's the biggest part is, is really uh, is doing something with it. And uh, if we can have some discussions that take these issues on a, on a project like this and make small tweaks and achieve small wins, those little course corrections pay huge dividends along the way. So that's, that's kind of what uh, the big challenge has been, been with me and my team. It's, it's, it's really making sure we're using it effectively, if you will. And I think we are. Chad, can I uh, talk just a little bit more about benefits that we are seeing? So I think uh, one of the key benefits that uh, we're driving from collaborative analytics is the spotlight effect. Um, and that simply means that uh, team members tend to focus their efforts on the issues that management is emphasizing. 
And that's especially true when the results are being measured. Uh, additionally, the, the project uh, team benefits from regularly discussing how we're maintaining and improving the partnership. I mean, that really can't be overemphasized. Moving from really a transactional partnership to a strategic partnership is really hard work. Joe was alluding to that earlier. And it really does require a highly engaged project development team. That thinking also uh, applies to our executive leadership team and the senior executive board. Uh, as Bob pointed out, we, we push this information on a monthly basis out to everyone on the project development team. It also goes to the executive leadership team and the senior executives. So I think really now um, with this information being developed by collaborative analytics, these leaders are being given the opportunity to engage constructively with the PDT while there's still time to influence the outcome. That goes directly to the point I think that Joe was making. Ultimately, the collaborative analytics dashboard allows our castle team and our senior leaders to identify and to solve issues before they negatively impact the project delivery. So Kelly, are there lessons learned to be shared with our listeners? So if you were to do this over again and start on a, on a, on a different project, would there be areas that you would try to tweak before moving forward? Well, I mentioned this earlier. We, we spent a considerable amount of time understanding risk on this project uh, before we got started. So we, we looked at what other project teams were doing. I mean, we recognized early on that building and maintaining a strong uh, partnership is under the best of circumstances a risky endeavor, and we really didn't want to leave it to chance. Once our headquarters agreed that we could utilize collaborative analytics, and we are a pilot, by the way, we began to work on getting people bought in. Now, DHA brought us this tool and said, hey, we think this has uh, some promise. So it didn't take a lot of effort to convince their senior leadership that this was worth doing. Uh, those, those messages started immediately within that organization. So our customer was bought in. But we've got a lot of other groups, uh, including, as you know, within the Corps of Engineers, uh, we've got a lot of different uh, centers, including mandatory centers of expertise. And in our case, we've got multiple involved. So we had to work on getting people to buy in. It's the first time that they've ever done this. So we talked about it. We, we uh, looked at their concerns. Uh, they were given the opportunity to participate in the shaping of the uh, questions. Joe and his team gave us a good start on that process. They had uh, sample questions that they had developed on other projects, all in the private sector. Uh, I believe this is the first time for any federal agency that it's been used. So we, uh, we, we definitely wanted to, to give people an opportunity to begin talking about this and working this early on, and it was a process. It took time to get uh, some of the activities fully bought in, uh, but I think they're seeing the, the benefits, the outcomes of it. Ultimately, this is maybe not going to be for everybody. It does require a lot of transparency, and I give major kudos 
to J.E. Dunn uh, and to RLF, uh, their designer of record, who agreed to do this. This was not contractual. We approached them after this contract was awarded and asked them uh, to do this with us. And to their credit, they stepped up and said, yeah, we're willing to try this. We, we understand the risks involved here and uh, we're interested in seeing where this takes us. But make no mistake, the data is frustrating at times and it's embarrassing at times. I mean, people know they've got a direct access to the leadership of the team and they also know that the senior leaders are looking at this information and uh, you know they they can be brutally frank with their comments when you know they see something that they think needs to be improved. But that's a gift. I mean, those folks don't have to say a word. So it really does become, you know, our challenge to take that information and to act on it. And I think what we've been successful at doing on this team is recognizing that these are gifts that they're giving and you know we we owe it to them and to the project delivery to make a really strong effort to respond when they bring issues to our attention and then it becomes sort of a self-fulfilling kind of thing you know people see that we're taking it seriously that we, we're really focused and, and working hard to make improvements and uh, that keeps them engaged and it leads to continued frank conversations, which are necessary to build the kind of relationship that we're looking for. And what is that? One where there's trust. Trust is so hard to build. That's what we're really, that's what we're working towards. I like ending on that note with trust. That's kind of one of my, my little brainchild as well. It's Talking about people collaboration, we can improve process and budget, but at the end of the day, if people don't trust and talk to each other, then we're not going to have a successful project. And with that, so obviously the Fort Leonard Wood is like the pilot, the first one we're doing for the core. So are there plans for other projects out there or programs they're going to be using this in the near future or what's, what's next? What's going to, um, after Fort Leonard Wood, what's going to be the next one to embrace collaborative analytics? Uh, well, let's see. This is Joe Powell again. We, we, with the University Research Institute, we're currently talking to the core about two other projects. One is the Kansas City Levees project, and the other is the uh, South Texas uh, hurricane prevention work. So those are both very large projects that can afford this kind of thing, and and so we're in the process of getting of getting started with those two new ones. So we'll see, we'll see where it takes us. And just to add on to what uh, Joe said, uh, we've had literally dozens of inquiries about collaborative analytics. We've talked with a number of MSCs and individual districts. We've uh, discussed collaborative analytics with the chief of engineers and his deputy. We know there's a lot of interest in the tool and we know that uh, there are other teams that are considering the use of it. We're, we're thrilled to hear that. I mean, so far, we've got one data point, this project. You know, we certainly talked to Joe about, you know, how the tool had been used uh, previously in private sector. 
Uh, and he provided uh, some reports and points of contact uh, that we did reach out to uh, before we executed our first contract. There, there's a lot of interest in what we're doing, and I think an acknowledgement by a lot of project teams and their team leaders that, you know, doing partnering sessions, while beneficial and um, I think something that we certainly do expect, uh, our project teams to do, it falls short of the kind of conversation that you need to create that's focused on, you know, how to build and maintain your relationship. That isn't something that happens in a meeting uh, that happens once a year or once per project. It's something that you really have to focus on. You have to be intentional about it, and it's going to take time and money. But every time somebody tells me, you know, well, that's that's expensive. Uh, it takes a lot of time. And my, my response is, well, let's flip that equation on its head. Can you afford a project that doesn't have a team that collaborates? I think you know the answer to that. <laughs> we are nearing the end of our time together, but before we part ways, I want to ask for our listeners and for our, our team. I know that our team has been really excited about collaborative analytics, too. So, Joe, where can people go to learn more about collaborative analytics? And, you know, is there training? Um, you know, how do we educate the people within the core about collaborative analytics so we can start to have a culture shift uh, that people really take a look at collaborative analytics and partnering to build that trust with partnerships? Well, let's see, for general information, they, they can always go to our website, universityresearchinstitute.org. If they would prefer a confusing, convoluted response, they can call me. I, I suspect my uh, contact information is on, is on the website. Let me just say in closing that our behavioral scientists and, and data analysts people, of, 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 all the, of all the projects we've tried this on, the Fort Leonard Wood project is by far their favorite. I, I, I'm not supposed to say this out loud, but I think they actually try harder because Kelly and Bob drag us through every word of those monthly reports. <laughs> they, they, they take more time and energy than our other customers, but it's the reason, it, it's exactly what needs to happen. This information needs to be looked at, it needs to be understood, and it needs to be acted on, and that's what uh, Kelly and Bob are doing such a good job of. They understand it and they act on it. Thank you, Kelly, Joe, and Bob for joining us today for this edition of Inside the Castle. We appreciate you and your insights. To our listeners, we wanna hear from you, what topics are important to you and people you are interested in hearing from. Until next time, be safe, be innovative, and be revolutionary. To provide your feedback, email us at cw.infrastructure.team at usace.army.mil. Stay tuned for additional Inside the Castle podcasts as we explore life inside the core and revolutionize civil works together.